Let's turn to 2 Timothy. Last week, we looked at Timothy's final words of benediction, of encouragement to Paul, and those were his final words, but it's not quite the end of the book. He gives um, uh, some uh, news updates to Timothy, and he and he speaks on uh, on some practical f- things. When you come, remember my cloak and my parchments. Um, and it's very easy to kind of just skip over that, you know. Okay, the book ended well. Run the race. Fight the good fight. But studying it and reading it, these last few verses has become some of my favorites in the entire book. Today's message is called The Burden of Abandonment. We're dealing with the burden of abandonment. You know, we, we were never made to be solitary creatures. Even in the garden, God says, um, it is not good for man to be alone. He wasn't talking about the man Adam. He was talking about mankind. You know, even if you're an, you're an introvert, um, you're never completely alone. We have our spouse, if we're married, our husband and wife, support and love each other. But if that's not the case, we have family, we have brothers and sisters, and parents and children. And if that's not the case, we have we have friends and colleagues and people that have walked difficult roads with us and we've grown fond of. And if nothing else, as believers, we have our church family. The Bible says is is even so much more important than we remember on a daily basis. So when... When somebody does leave, when somebody does abandon us, it sometimes can be very hard. When we are left to face the trials of our Christian faith alone. Last week we heard Paul's final words, as I said. And this week, in the midst of these these practical news updates and... um, these personal favors that Paul is asking of Timothy, it seems that he recalls all the people or some of the people that have been laboring in the ministry with them and now being imprisoned, many of them are out of touch. They've been called away. They have abandoned him because of some sin issue or they have fled away in the face of what seems to be insurmountable odds they have not endured when abandonment comes in our christian walk what do we do so let's read second timothy chapter 4 from verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 4, from verse 9 to 18. 
Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Damas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Titus I have sent to Ephesus. Tisetius, sorry. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, especially the parchment, parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, and the Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom do thou um, beware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first defense, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that I may not be laid, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and I will persevere unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement we can find within its pages. I pray that we may approach bitterness and, and hurt abandonment in a biblical way so that you may be glorified lord amen so we're going to jump around a bit because it's not quite in linear order but it is there so when people leave because of sin the burden of abandonment why do people leave in verse 9 he describes some people um uh, damas left forsook him because it says that he loved this present world. You know, in Colossians 4, we, we hear his name again, only written a few, probably a few years before. And um, it's, it's positively. Uh, it says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. So Luke is still currently with Paul, but Demas, it says, forsook him because of the love of this present world. He did not persevere. Perhaps he loved some sort of comfort of home or the safety of home or the security and, and did, was not obedient to the Lord. Perhaps uh, there was some hardship that, um, that he, he chose to to choose another opportunity, perhaps um, it was another temptation. The world is good with that. <laughs> to persevere and to endure, as Paul says in the previous chapter, that I fought the good fight and I've run the race. 
It's, um, it's frightening to think. They call it the attrition rate of, of missionary work that um, in America, for every three missionaries that return from the field, only one gets sent out. And many of them return after only a few years. And there's been so many debates. Uh, I'm sure it's a collective of problems and, and issues. It's not uh, only individuals. Um, but to surround, to surround that error of abandonment, if, if you have put your faith in this man, <laughs> and then he says, well, I just don't think it's working out, and leaves. I have heard some, some dreadful tales, but that is how the suffering church has to be ready for, right? And in your, in your personal walk with the Lord as well. Another one is Alexander. It says, um, uh, Alexander the coppersmith have done, has done me great evil. There's only two other mentions of an ex Alexander that uh, Paul has come across. It might be one of them. It might be none of them. But I think there's a strong case for this one. Uh, in 1 Timothy, Paul talks about um, Hermanius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Members of the church who disregarded true doctrine, who, who, um, who was defiant against the authority of Scripture, and they were put out of the church. That happens. And in a way, it's leaving. <laughs> we grow to rely on each other in the church body. We grow to trust each other and, and care for each other. And where there's a sin issue that remains unrepentant, it's very sad and disheartening for everyone to, to say, I'm sorry, you're not welcome here anymore. We have to uphold our Christian fellowship and live by this book. Otherwise, why bother with any of it? To deny sound doctrine is a very serious offense in this case. But that people leave because of sin. What about when people leave because they're called away? Sometimes it's not up to us, and the Lord has greater plans. It says in verse 10, And is departed unto Thessalonica, that's Demas, um, uh, Crescens to Galatia, and Titus to Dalmatia. So you know Titus was um, uh, establishing uh, church leadership on the island of Crete, and then he was sent to Dalmatia, it's a, it's a bordering province, um, uh, way up north. Uh, and so these men were busy in ministry and they were, they were following their calling. We spoke about that last week. But what if that calling leads that person somewhere else? It was very difficult for the McCrums to uproot. Their lives were here, their children were born here. Their friends were here. 
everything they knew was here and to be obedient to the Lord was difficult, I'm sure. Perhaps some of you felt abandoned. Let that not be the case. As we read here that even though he reports about these men not being close to him anymore, he, he does not speak at all negatively, but that this is simply where they are, and, and that's okay. As many of them were with him at a time, and now they're not. Paul was not just going about it, it was his day. He was uh, imminently awaiting his execution. So perhaps he felt the weight of loneliness so much more. When people leave because they run away. In verse 16, at first my answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. During his first hearing uh, or trial, he did not have an advocate. He did not have anyone there to vouch for him or to defend him. It's like we're storming the, the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, brothers in arms, and then when you look back, everyone is paddling off into the horizon, and you're left alone. It's difficult not to grow resentful and bitter. How could you leave me when I needed you most? For a church in time of suffering, I'm sure this is all too common. But how do we deal with it? Paul is not just complaining and moaning about his grim circumstances. <laughs> no, we see him trusting in the Lord in, in a few very specific ways. Firstly, we know that the Lord will keep us, that he will keep you. In verse 17, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. The Lord stood with me, even though no one else did. This was at his trial. And strengthened me that by me the preaching may be fully known. And that I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. The Bible uses the illustration to illustrate Satan as a lion. And it, it, uh, it could be that Paul um, faced temptation or accusation. That's the word, that's what the word devil means. The accuser said that the Lord had delivered me. Perhaps we need deliverance from despair. We need a very real um, help. In this present time, it doesn't mean we will be miraculously freed <laughs> or teleported somewhere else, although that would be nice. But that whatever the challenge and the discouragement may bring, that it may not lead us to sin. And that the Lord may be glorified through that. Know that the Lord has a plan Number two, know that God has a plan. In verse 11, we're going to jump back a little bit. 
if we're talking about people that stick with Paul here, listen to this. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. You know, Mark, we read about in Acts 15, where he left. (laughs) He abandoned Paul. Let's read Acts 15, verse 37. It says, And Barnabas, determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark, put Paul, but Paul thought not good to take him with him, because it says, um, he departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. So in Acts 15, we read, Paul was hesitant to take this man because you abandoned us the last time. We went to do God's work, we were faithful, and you left. I'm hesitant. But God has a plan. We we don't see the sanctification of our brothers and sisters. We don't see where this moment in our walk with the Lord will be five or ten years from now, and somebody who left before was was now faithful and had been reconciled and is dutiful and Paul makes a point to to mention that he is now profitable for me I want him by my side please bring him along when you come and so we might we might see abandonment we might see that we're alone in this moment but the Lord has a bigger plan Know that God is faithful. Know that he is faithful. In verse 18, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and, I, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. That once again, we hear Paul not, not claiming that God will deliver him out of this immediate physical trial because we do know he was executed. Church history tells us that. But that, Lord, preserve me unto your heavenly kingdom. Let me finish what I've started. Let me not, as the Lord stood with him at his trial, let me not abandon you. (laughs) Not that we can, but that, that, Lord, Preserve me to the end, even into your heavenly kingdom. And the Lord will, for a suffering church, to know that we are never truly alone is is such a wonderful, encouraging truth. Know that we must forgive. In verse 14, I want to jump back there. Alexander the coppersmith, It says, who did me much evil, the Lord will reward him according to his work. You know, when when we feel bitterness, when we feel resentment, because we have been left alone, because this person um, abandoned, that, um, that he says he leaves the consequences of that and he leaves the penalty of that in the Lord's hands. I believe you can't do that without forgiveness. I think to to truly say that 
the Lord is just and vengeance is with you, Lord, and every deed will, uh, will be judged ours as well, that forgiveness is required in that process. And it says at his trial that those who did not persevere, those who, who fled because of fear, that he said, no one stood with me at my trial, that they were afraid. And he says, but Lord, charge that not to them. Let those who, um, who put the fear in them, that those who intimidated them and those who threatened them with evil, let the charge be on them and and restore these that might have denied you now or not stood with me, um, have mercy on them. That requires forgiveness. And then he goes on with a few other exhortations here and, and a conclusion. So as a conclusion, we'll add one more thing. Remember those who do stand with us. In verse 19, greet Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. And he goes down a list of names and he continues. And the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. And he remembered those who are faithful and those who have loved him and have served with him and those who have walked a road with him and are still with him. Do not let discouragement cause us to sin. Do not let the feeling of abandonment, of being left alone as a church body, as a, as a church um, that is suffering, uh, not that we are, and also in your individual Christian walks that, that we don't let these things lead us down a path that we do not want to walk. Let us be together. You know, when Pastor David left, um, I, I speak to him regularly and... Um, I'm surrounded by so much encouragement and so many faithful people and, and my wife and the church leadership and everyone that, uh, that cares, uh, I appreciate it greatly. But in some sense, I do feel alone sometimes. There's just some things that, that only a pastor would... I can speak to honestly, and he is my pastor, and he will always be that. And I asked him, and he said, did, did you feel this? And, uh, and he said, yes. When Pastor Dave, Roger left, he felt alone. So I, I only tell you this because um, as Paul, in his last days, it's so easy for those thoughts and those emotions to get the better of us some days. That this would be an encouragement to move past those thoughts and feelings.
Lord, we thank you for your wisdom and guidance on this suffering church that we read about in 2 Timothy and the struggles of Paul and those who served with him. And I pray that we may remember that we are not alone, that you are faithful, Lord, and you have a plan. And I pray that you may keep us, Lord, that you may help us to persevere and that you may help us to forgive that our ministry and our walk with you may not be hindered. And we thank you for those who walk with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.